before we get into the show, I want to tell you about HubSpot for startups. If you are an early stage startup and you're trying to grow, you have to check out our HubSpot for startups program. You can get up to 90% off your first year of your HubSpot subscription. Plus, you will get access to incredible education and events. With HubSpot, you can run your entire startup from marketing sales and customer success all on HubSpot. You can increase your leads, boost revenue, and improve your customer experience. HubSpot for startups help you do it all. Plus, you will get 24-7 customer support and integrations with more than 1,500 of today's most popular apps. HubSpot is trusted by some of the most successful startups and more than 200,000 companies around the world. To see if you're eligible to join the HubSpot for Startups program and take your growth to the next level, visit HubSpot.com slash startups. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Marketing Against the Grain, your podcast for how to grow in counterintuitive ways. Today on Marketing Against the Grain, we are talking making taste as a brand. We're going to talk about how Solana does that in Hudson Yards. We're going to talk about how Chipotle did it on the internet and how Doodles does it by building community. As always, I'm your host, Kip Bodner. I am joined by my friend and colleague and lover of all things technology, Kieran Flanagan. Kieran, what is up? I am excited to be here. You ready for this? Please. So I went, I was in New York. Yes. I went to Hudson Yards and in Hudson Yards, they kind of have this like mall thing. And in that mall in Hudson Yards, there's a Solana store. And for folks who are not listening or watching on YouTube, and I should call out, this could be a very visual show. So if you love Marketing Against the Grain, you might want to hit us up on the Marketing Against the Grain YouTube channel because there's going to be a lot more happening visually in today's episode. So I went to this store, Kieran, and I wanted to experience how emerging technology, crypto, Web3, how all this was happening in real life. And some interesting things happened and learned. And at that same time, like right before I went to the store, I bought a doodle, which we're going to get to later in the show. Mm. But I want to talk for a second about the Solana store, because what we are obsessed with in today's episode is how you make taste using emerging technology. And I want to use the Solana store as the first example. So prop number one's coming. <laughs> Kieran, I, I, I have something that you're going to be very jealous of. I have a Degen Ape hoodie. Uh... I have a Degen Ape hoodie that I bought at the Solana store, uh, which is pretty wild. For folks listening or watching, Degen Ape is a very, very popular Solana NFT project. Okay. One of my favorites. No, though, Kieran, I, I, I am hooking you up. Oh, this is what I need. So I went to the Solana store and I got you a oh, sick yeah. DGN Ape hat. Sick. That like, is how sick awesome. is that hat? Crypto swag. It, for everybody listening, it's like an all black hat with like a, the cool DGN Ape logo on it. Crypto swag is awesome. Crypto swag is dope. But let me tell you about this experience because I think this is what's important about the lesson here. So... DGNAPE is an NFT project that has swag that's available for sale in a mall. That in itself is very interesting and like a really good example of how you make taste, right? Because it's like, this is one of the coolest malls in America right now, Hudson Yards, and they've got this prime placement. But it wasn't just like I could walk in and buy this hoodie, this hat, and this t-shirt. You want to know why I bought the hoodie, the hat, and the t-shirt, Kieran? Something to do with the coin? What, what is it? So if, if you if you bought a hundred dollars worth of swag, oh yeah, a hundred dollars worth of swag before discount, you got an NFT. And then if I paid for it in crypto, I got it half off. So I bought a hoodie, a hat, and a t-shirt for sixty-seven dollars, no tax. 
And I got a free NFT, which is pretty crazy, right? I think one of the things that's curious, or maybe our listeners will be curious about is like, if you do the rough math in your head, that's a loss leader. Why do you think a company would have a loss leader in a store like that? Like onboard people, get people wearing their swag. Like what is the play here for giving so much away if you actually pay out in crypto? Yeah, I want to give Solana and DGNAPES a little credit because I think part of making taste in, a, in your market is to understand what your market needs. And in the Web3 market, which is this example we're using, they need adoption. They just don't have enough awareness and people adopting. What they basically did by giving me those discounts is they were paying me to adopt the technology, mostly the wallet, because I needed to pay via phantom wallet. I already was a phantom wallet user and... I already had Solana and USDC in my wallet, so super easy for me. But it would have been $100 if I didn't pay in crypto. And by the way, I still would have had to set up a wallet to get the NFTs. It was kind of a twofer, right? They were mm -hmm. giving me a discount to make sure I set up my wallet, and they were giving me an NFT to make sure I set up my wallet. So what they're doing is they're using a physical activation to drive awareness and to drive adoption of the core technology necessary. And I thought that was a pretty fascinating example, actually. They're also turning you into a billboard for their Solana DJ Nape as yes. a Solana NFT project. You have to have Solana to buy that project. But it turns you into like a walk-in billboard. The other thing I think is super interesting is the fact that they can bring in people who are really passionate about these different parts of the Solana ecosystem, like these different projects, and actually show off the yeah. support that they have for that project by being able to buy that stuff in a physical location. So it, it helps the brand activation a lot. Yes. How are they making taste? They're doing different innovative things that showcase their platform. They're also bringing multiple brands together in partnership. It's just not Solana. It's popular NFT projects and everything that exists on that Solana blockchain and ecosystem. So they're getting the power of all of that brand equity together. So it doesn't matter if you're in Web3 or not. You could be a local business listening to this podcast. If you pull together with other like brands, you can elevate your status and your ability to make taste. Kieran, though, I, I do have one other thing I got to show you. The DJ Nape swag wasn't all I bought. Truly. I bought a pair of shoes. These are Solana shoes. Solana shoes. <laughs> you see, For everybody listening, they're white shoes with like rainbow soles and different colored laces. Wow, they're nice. They're branded Solana on the back. They are pretty sick, aren't they? You you would wear this. I would wear So this is part of making taste, right? Like, yes, if you're going to if you're going to do this stuff, if you're going to make swag, why not make stuff that consumers will actually wear that is as good as the other brands that they could actually pick from on that topic? I want to give a shout out because those shoes are made in collaboration with a company called Blank Souls, S-O-L-E-S, and they do collabs. FYI, Blank, Blank Souls, we want to do a Marketing Against the Grain shoe collab. So we're going to hit you oh, up. Oh, yes. We want to see that coming in the future. But so they make custom shoes and collections of shoes, and they also bundle NFTs with them. So they made 300 pair of these shoes, or all that exists in the world. And each holder, each person who buys a pair of these shoes also becomes an NFT holder of the NFT that is associated with their pair of shoes. So one of the things I think about when you say, what can brands take from this in terms of how do I make taste within my market? We talk a lot about this is where you, you don't want to be in the middle. You want to be either end of the spectrum. I actually wonder in taste, you only want to be on one end of the spectrum, which is the way I feel about the Dijon Ape swag, the way you felt about the sneakers, like actually is something that really resonates with that person is differentiated. That person is really excited to actually get that. Mm -hmm. Was there anything in the Solana experience you were like, Wow, this is actually very differentiated to like the typical store I would go into, the Amazon store, a typical clothes store that actually made that 
tastes for Solana. Like, wow, that's something I'll remember. That's something I'll, you're, I'm on a pod now talking about it. We, you slacked me straight away. Like it was, you know, something that you were actually excited about. How did they capture that or how can brands capture that? Yeah, so, so there's a couple of things. One for everybody listening, always remember there's an incentive to be an early adopter because brands are willing to pay more in the early days to gain trust, gain awareness, all of those things. And that was evident when as soon as I walked in the Solana store, it was like, oh, we'll pay you $10 if you set up your Phantom wallet. Right. We will give you 50% off. We'll give you these NFTs. So the value equation was overwhelming. Then the second thing they did is that they made the stuff cool. It's dope. It is dope. Like you would have paid a lot more money for those things. Like the shoes were supposed to be $200. If you paid in crypto, they were $100 and you got the NFT. It's like, those are dope shoes for a hundred bucks. That's one thing. And then just like the frictionless nature of the experience. It's just like, I scanned a QR code. I hit authorize in my wallet and I was done. I walked out. It was all done. I didn't need to wait for them to print me a receipt. I didn't need to get my credit card out of my wallet. I literally just scanned a code and walked. Mm. And wow, that's the third way you make taste is make it really low friction, make it easy, change the experience around for the prospect, the customer, whether they be in a physical location, online, whatever it might be. The buyer experience is where you went. Like if you can actually have a seamless buyer experience that people actually enjoy, you are just so much ahead of most other companies out there. But Kieran, I, I do have a couple of gripes. The biggest gripe I got to tell you is something that's going to make you laugh. You ready for this? Yes. Well, when I went to pay for this stuff, what token do you think I paid in? Solana. <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't pay in Solana at the Solana store. USDC? Uh, they had they had me pay in USDC, which is okay. a, a US dollar stable coin. I'm sure it's first cost control and other things, but it's weird to go into a branded store of this experience and I'm not using that technology in that experience. I'm in roundabout using it, but I'm, I'm not really. I'll tell you why that is. As a Solana holder, as someone who bought Solana at $30, and was like, wow, I'm so incredibly smart. It went all the way up to $220. I'm never selling, I'm hodling. It's all the way back down to $30. There is probably yes. complexity in having a crypto token like that be the currency for a store because things are going to fluctuate so much. Yeah, and I'm sure there's taxes they have to pay out and they don't want to do the taxes. But that I would say that's one of the gripes of my Solana store experience. So that's the Solana store experience. Kieran and I have cool DJ and Ape swag now. Most important thing. Now, Kieran, I have one question before we move on. Would you wear the shoes or would you keep them and sell them in like five years as a collectible? No, I would wear them. I'd wear them. Yeah, I think I'm going to wear them too. You need to show your support for Solana Kip and drive up the price so I can make some money back. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the Solana store was an IRL in real life version of how you could make taste as a brand using emerging technology. There is a mainstream brand that just recently did an interesting thing to make taste that I think we want to talk about, Kieran. But I want you to say the name of this brand. (laughs) Because (laughs) Kieran is terrible at pronouncing the name of this brand. And we have an ongoing bit on this show. I'm making Kieran pronounce things. Uh, And so, Kieran, what is the name of this company? It is a well-known U.S. food brand who does incredible marketing. It is called. Chip, <laughs> it is called uh, Chip Chipoli Chipoli Chip Chip Chipoli Chip Chip. All right, stop. I'm actually having a Chip Chip Chip. But stop saying Chip. For God's sake, stop saying Chip. 
I'm Chip, gonna cry. Chipoli, 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 something like that. Am I still saying Chip? Will you wake me up? What are you even saying? What am I even Are these the words brand, what I'm the brand, the brand is called Chipotle. Ch- Ch- Chipotle. All right. All right. Uh, in the past, everybody listening, I have heard him pronounce it as Chipolate. That's actually which, a better one than I was doing right now. Which is better than what he just said. <laughs> That's closer. And they did a campaign this week that was actually very cheap, but very interesting and got a lot of publicity for basically not a lot of money. So what they did is they did a partnership with a crypto payments company, Kieran, for a, a proof of stake campaign. This is so good. It's so good. So if folks are not that familiar with Web3, there's a big event in the, the Web3 community where Ethereum, which is one of the biggest protocols in Web3, moved from what was called proof of work, where you have to do a lot of complex computing to prove that somebody owns something to proof of stake, which requires much less computing power and basically reduced emissions and energy use by 98.5%. That's the big takeaway that everybody listening should understand. So what did Chipotle, Chipotle, Chiptol, whatever we, we want to call it, what did they do? They did something very interesting. They said, hey, Ethereum just reduced emissions by 98.5%. If you pay with Ethereum at Chipotle, we will give you 98.5% off your stake bowl at Chipotle. And they called it proof of stake. So good. S-T-E-A-K. Ha ha ha. But what was interesting, Kieran, it was only available to the first $20,000 redemptions. So it wasn't this big, you know, multi 50, tens, hundred millions dollar campaign. It was this small scale campaign that got them a ton of notoriety. 20K, wow. Got them a ton of street cred. Right. So basically, once $20,000 were redeemed, it was done. And so it was actually not a huge financial hit from a promo perspective, but man, it was all over Twitter. There was a ton of press coverage about it. They got, they made a ton of taste. They made inroads with the Gen Z, the crypto community, the Web3 community by doing this. What do you think other brands can learn from doing something like that? This really appeals to people who are very much in crypto. So like it's one cohort of their customer segments. So they built something specifically for one segment. They've taken a trend that that segment really, really cares about and has been in the news constantly that those people are really in tune with. It creates something that's humorous, right? They are really great <laughs> at humor. Some of these B2C yes, brands are just incredibly good at humor. And then the other like aha thing is it cost them 20K. I went and searched for this and you told me tons of press, tons of visibility on Twitter. Yes. And they just took that. The fact that it was only redeemable for 20K means they spent 20K watches like a couple of Facebook ads and got this huge amount of intention and press. For, and now they have this everlasting thing for their steak bowl. Because even I was looking at their steak bowl and I don't eat red meat. And I was like, hmm, that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> You're like, I might eat that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, apart from their name, everything about this brand is is, is, is awesome. <laughs> Kieran someday will be able to pronounce it, but but you're right. I'm sure it costs more than 20 grand because they had some technology integrations, some promo, but it wasn't millions of dollars to do this. And the other thing we didn't talk about is the crypto markets are down, the economy is down. So they also like tied this discount in with it too. So like there's a lot of layers to where that story really works and is really good. But if you're out there listening, it shows you that the width of your brain is still more important than the width of your wallet, which is something we believed at HubSpot for a long time, that, wow, if you are a student of emerging trends and technologies and where they intersect, which is what Chipotle did, right? They thought about where those two things 
intersected in terms of this payment experience for a bull, but did it in such a clever way to drive outpace conversation and awareness for a product under their brand. I think it's pretty freaking remarkable, actually. If I was a B2C brand, like one of the things that B2C brands are doing a better job of is plugging into the culture of the internet, right? We've talked about content yes. going uh, pop culture. FinTech is definitely one of the areas that's gone in that direction. If I'm in a B2C brand and maybe soon to be B2B brand, and I want someone who's really good at like the intersection of internet versus my product, I think I would go try to hire someone who's a, a poster on Reddit. Like there was this incredible yes. post. It's getting tons of traction on all over the internet today from a, a Reddit forum commenter. And he did this incredible thread about the British pound as a, like as a crypto <laughs> coin. He, yeah. he, like, has, anyone heard, has anyone heard of this cryptocurrency called the Great British Pound? And then did all of the things that were, you know, parts of the Great British Pound, like it's constantly going down, has like no liquidity and was like translating it to how people feel about cryptocurrency. But just the, that intersection between a current news event Yes. What's happening in Brennan? And uh, that's really unfortunate. That's what's going on. And then kind of appealing to like a user segment, cryptocurrency. But then the information was actually very informative. Yeah. Because it actually gave the counter arguments to like, well, why is crypto any worse than real fiat currency? And so for our listeners, what I'm pushing is segmenting your users, finding something they're deeply passionate about, which is in current trends today. And being able to write great copy that's at the intersection of like, the internet and how that's been discussed in the internet, but then being able to interject your brand is so, so powerful in the world we live in today. I, I couldn't agree more. And it shows you in this crazy time, the more volatile the world is, the more opportunities it is to take advantage of interesting stories or to find really great creators that you could partner with. And people want humor. What yeah. do we need right now? We need some, we need some humor. <laughs> God, we definitely need some humor <laughs> in some humor. like every corner of the world right now. Okay, Kieran, third example uh, is something that I I know you wanted to talk about. I bought a doodle. So last jealous. Week. Of, this is the thing I'm most jealous of. Give people a little bit of background. Tell people why you're jealous, and let's let's talk about it and talk about it through the through the lens of like how you as a business make taste. Doodle is really cool art. It's a series of cartoon characters that are digital collectibles, and people use them for their profiles. I would say it's probably the number three or four NFT project in the world. And the thing that is really good about the Doodles project is how the community are turning their treasury into different programs. You know, I saw a really great demo or, or a clip of the cartoon or TV show that they're creating mm -hmm. for Doodles. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah. But they're doing like really creative things. They're one of the only brands, like one of the kind of promises of NFTs in these communities is you kind of have decentralized marketing teams who can help create the brand, right? No one person is, is creating the brand. It's been decentralized in community who votes for different initiatives. And Doodles is probably one of the best that I have seen in terms of what they're doing. And so if I was holding a Doodle, I would actually feel very confident about the decisions the community is making. The community is very active. We've talked about it previously, that nearly all of the communities attached to these NFT projects, literally no one is actually participating in them. They're only yep. there to speculate, whereas I think the Doodle thing is actually, the Doodle project is building something quite special, but I'm still, you know, there's still like real question marks against NFTs as collectibles and the value of NFTs. So I'm really curious about how you decided to go all in and actually make the decision to buy one, especially today when, you know, volume and OpenSea <laughs> is down 95%. Like no one's actually buying NFTs, only kept Bonner out there buying up, buying up all the Doodles. <laughs> 
yeah, people are like, man, Kip, you're an idiot. And Kieran is both jealous and not jealous of me for making this decision all at the same time. But, you know, you and I slacked about this briefly and you're like, dude, I want to like really get into this because I think it's a fascinating topic. And so I'll, I'll tell you, a lot of what you just said is true, right? Is that you saw this really vibrant community. Like I took a step back and I said, okay, I fundamentally think there's a place in this world for communities around art and culture and that that right now is NFTs. You know, whether we'll call them NFTs in the future or not, I don't know. But I, I think there's a place in this world for that. And if I believe there's a place in this world for that, what is the best way for me to learn and be a part of that future? Because I, I'm not going to think about the cost of buying this thing as like an, an investment per se. I'm thinking about it in, in terms of an actual return on dollars. I'm thinking about it as an investment in my ability to learn and experience mm, something yeah. very different, yep. right? And so what, uh, I've been a fan of the Doodles Project for a long time. And they used to be crazy expensive, like crazy, crazy expensive. Like I would never spend that much money on one where they were, you know, at the height of the market. But they'd come down a lot. The floor of that project is about eight Ethereum right now, which is a real amount of money, but not, you know, a crazy, 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 crazy amount of money. Or 10 billion Great British Pines. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then a few other things happened. I saw their vision for Doodles 2. And Doodles 2 yes, is the, the next iteration talking, yeah. of this platform. Yeah. And they're the only project that knows to be culturally relevant, they can't have 10,000 people participating. They have to have 10 million people participating or 100 million people participating. So Doodles 2 is about making things accessible to the vast majority of people in the world and getting the next million people involved in this community. I thought that was really interesting. Then I saw they took a funding investment from Alexis Ohanian and his 776 capital. And I and I sometimes believe in making decisions with people you're aligned with. And Alexis and I see the world in very similar ways. And I was like, oh, that's a really important signal in making this decision. And then I talked to my friend Jason, who's deep in the NFT space, shout out Jason Keith. And he was like, look, they have like the best smart contract developer in the world. They have like some of the best artists in the world. Like, you know, if you ask me, to me, it's the the number one project in the world. It's really incredible. And I, so I looked at all that information. I was like, wow, I just want to participate. Like, I want to be a part of this community. And then people are like, oh yeah, but it still costs money. And what if you lose all that money? I basically looked at it on the monetary side saying, cool, I might it might be completely worthless five years from now. Or imagine, Im imagine if comic books were NFTs and you owned all the original Marvel NFTs that were the genesis for everything that is in the Marvel universe right now. What would those original, like those original comic books are crazy expensive. What would those original like ownership of those characters be? It would be, you know, a hundred thousand, two thousand X what they are today. And I was like, oh, it's kind of like owning like a really interesting part of intellectual property and like owning like the next generation of Pixar at its like earliest, earliest stage. Mm. And I was like, oh, I want to see that. And I want to see it like from the Discord community side, not from like this distant observer far, far away. Right. So if I had to teach the listeners, because I think the way that you just described how to bet on a trend is no different from buying a doodle versus how I bet yes. on a marketing channel versus how I bet on a, a business. Yes. And so what I would say to the listeners that I just learned from you is you have to start with your own hypothesis of why this will work out. Like you have a very strong point of view that you formed because you're you're actually one of your real skill sets is research. Like you're able to research and dissect things really fast. Yeah. So you have a clear point of view because you have looked into the space, you have dissected some of the things that are in that project 
to you matter the most about being able to buy into like an NFT community? The second is actually validation from people you're aligned to. So even I think that's a really good thing for like when I invest yes, in a company, who this. else is investing in that company really matters, right? So you talked about Alexis. So someone that you're aligned to that you're trust, like do they share the same opinion? Then you go to a third person, which is like someone who's very knowledgeable in the space and can validate some stuff. So what your friend told you actually, which is really important is the talent they have. Yes. Right, that the fact that they have some of the best talent in the world, that's another point that kind of reinforces. So now I've got like my own perspective. Now I've got someone who believes the same thing that I believe and is making the same bet. Now I've got an outside person who can tell me, hey, like this is actually one of the best things you can do for these three reasons that I may not have been able to tell before. And then the fourth one is actually really interesting because I could counter and push back on that one, which is, I really love the way that you think about this is like, I spend 10K here, I get maybe some up, upside uh, on the doodle of the project goes up, but I get a ton of learning. Like it's kind of like my yes. way to front run knowledge. And I think that's one of the smart things to do is like spend money on knowledge. You could also spend that money on like friends with benefits, like the community that actually has, yeah. there's a bunch of different ways that you could spend that money. Kieran, I tried, but they wouldn't let me in. Friends with benefits? They wouldn't let you in? Why would they, they let you in? They wouldn't let me in. Are you if you're friends with benefits member out there, uh, I tried to be part of your crew and and I got denied. Oh my! Oh wow! Like this is like uh, I didn't know you could be denied. You you could be. You have to apply, and before if you get approved, then you can buy the tokens and join. But if uh. you, uh, I did not get approved. I got denied. Did this you was get, like a year ago? Did you get ghosted, or did you actually? Did they actually send you an email? I got like a form reply, and they actually said you're not allowed. This was not just about <laughs> ghosted. They actually said back. <laughs> <laughs> oh god that is brutal i actually i'm not i was going to apply but i feel like my confidence would just take such a knock if i got like someone shot me back that i can't join your community that i'm actually going to pay a ridiculous amount of money to join well i think that that's a great well look what could you learn from a, if, from that story what would you learn if you're a marketer man exclusivity is actually a real growth lever it's why people do yes, yes. wait lists beta lists unlock, jump up the queue and wait list if you can actually get more people through your social referrals and your social network. Like there is really something in exclusivity as a marketing tactic. So fair play their friends with benefits for denying to get by. 100% agree with your... With, yeah, I, real I, happy. I, really, I really agree with that. I think you made a good decision. Well, you, now you have to apply because if you get it and I don't get it, it'll be hilarious. I'm actually going to... You have like, to. You, you have to. Let the listeners know if, when you get approved or, or denied. I will let the listeners know. But in all seriousness, what we talked about on the show today, I think is really important. In a period of uncertainty and change, which is what we're in as a society right now, making taste is more important than ever. It's a theme of this show that we talk about over and over. And I think we gave everybody listening and watching today some real clear examples of how other people have made taste. And we tried to unpack those as to how you can do it. And I, I want us to go, to go back and, and close out so to, to reaffirm those for everybody. So first of all, understand emerging technology and trends of your target market and understand how you can align with them to, to make that happen. That's the Solana store. That's the Chipotle example. The next opportunity you have is partner with other brands who are adjacent to you to rise up the cultural impact of what you're doing. We saw that in the case of the Solana store where you had a bunch of different NFT projects working with Solana to lift the experience of that actual like in-store experience and brand experience. We talked about Having a real community and and differentiating on a community, which with which is what the whole Doodles example was, and investing in learning. 
as a brand. Like I'm doing it as an individual. You can do it as a brand. And I think if you look at what Chipotle did, I think that was an experiment to invest in learning right? It didn't cost them a ton of money. But would I be shocked six to 12 months now if they did something big, big Mm. in that direction? Absolutely not. I think it is very likely we'll see that. We'll cover that back here on the pod when they do. Any other lessons you want to add in before we close out the show today, Karen? No, I think that um, part of any marketer, business person, business builder is betting on trends, like is front running some trends. Yes. I think the last thing is we kind of went through how you thought about the doodles that that you were making. It's the same process, right? You have to have clear point of view. You have to have validation from someone that you truly trust. And then if you can dig in and get some special data and some special insights that no one else can, that's how you actually maneuver yourself into a front runner position. And that really is everything when you are trying to outcompete and outbuild other businesses. And, and sometimes you just want to own a JPEG with a sick orange background and a headband. Nice, you want a headband with a little rainbow coming out of its mouth. I hope that everybody watching and listening today loved our trip through the crypto and taste-making world. I had a lot of fun. Kieran, your swag is on the way. And thank you, Kieran, for grinding it out when you were sick and coughing. You made it happen for everybody listening and subscribed. So thanks, everyone. And we'll see you next time on Marketing Against the Grain. 